I have a word for you this morning that continues in our message on authority. And, um, hallelujah, it comes out of my favorite verse in the Bible. In John chapter 14 and verse 19, Jesus said this, Because I live, you shall live also. That is authority. Wow. Because I live, Jesus said, you shall live also. And of course, Jesus was talking about the fact that though he had been with them and the Holy Spirit in him had been moving around them and among them and they'd seen the light of heaven, they'd seen God's authority operating in Jesus, Jesus was letting them know in a few days from now, the life you see in me is going to be in you. Not a life like it, not a watered-down version, but the life you see in me, you're going to see it in yourself. Because I live, you shall live. When the enemy rises against you and he threatens your life, when he threatens the joy of your heart, when he threatens the composure of your mind, you'll be able to say, because Jesus lives, I'm alive. And Jesus lives in me. First John 4 and 4 says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So the authority of Jesus that's been given to us is founded in an eternal life that cannot die. The life in you, the life of Jesus, cannot be put to death. You know, if we had to pick one word that characterized Jesus, let me give you a moment to think. What would that word be if you thought about it? Some of you might say, love. When I think of Jesus, if I had to pick one word, it would be love. Somebody else might say, power. When I think of Jesus, I think of great power. Someone else might say, when I think of Jesus, I think of compassion. And all those things would be true. Someone might say, I think of faith. Jesus inspired faith everywhere he went. All true. But if there is one word that is an all-consuming description of Jesus, the word that truly characterizes him, that sets him apart from everything else, is the word life. Jesus is life. And he said, because I live, you will live also. Jesus rose from the dead because in him, there's no death, no shortage, no limit, no expiration, no shelf life. It's eternal life, not shelf life. Put your hand on your heart and say with me this morning, Jesus has put eternal life, not shelf life, in me. I have no expiration date. Glory to God. That's potency. That's authority. Hallelujah. You know, everything about Jesus is alive. Everything about Jesus lives. Praise the Lord. And uh, it lives with a life that cannot die. That's what's different about the life in Jesus and the life we see everywhere else in the world. It's a life that cannot die, cannot be put to death. Jesus, and, and if that's true, then let's, let's say Jesus' love his grace, his power, his mercy, 
all came up out of that grave with him when he came up from the grave. And so his love, his grace, his power, his mercy are incapable of dying. And those are the qualities of the life that he has put in you. That's where your authority comes from. God's grace in you, his truth in you, his mercy in you, his love for you has already been test-driven through life, through the death of the cross, through the resurrection, and it cannot be put to death. So those things about Jesus that are alive, they're alive in you and cannot be put to death. So if you're born again, that's the life that lives in you. 2 Timothy chapter 1, 9 through 10 says, God's purpose. Think with me, how many books have been written about purpose? How many seminars? How many times have you pursued something and the interest in you or the motivation in you was to find your purpose? What am I here for? What am I supposed to be doing? Many of us, we approach our jobs or we may approach our marriages. We may think about the things we want to give our time to. Some of us may be dreamers and we're thinking about what is that great purpose in life that I have. So the Bible says God's purpose. There can be no greater purpose than the one that God who made you has for you. And the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1, 9 through 10, God's purpose has been manifest. Wow, please, somebody, send up a flag, alert the world. We could save billions of dollars being poured into books and movies and seminars. God's purpose has been manifest. Where is it? Hallelujah. The Bible says God's purpose has been manifest through our Savior, Jesus Christ, who abolished death and brought life and immortality. That means it can't die. Fancy word for it can't die. So God's purpose has been manifest through Jesus who abolished death, brought life and deathlessness to light through the gospel. Wow, okay. So when it gets off the pages of the gospel and it gets into your heart, conveyed by the Holy Spirit, the spirit of life, the spirit of resurrection, the spirit that cannot die, purpose has been put in you. And that purpose has an authority that cannot be challenged. Why? Because it can't be put to death. If you can't kill me, I'm the boss of you. That's a simple way of putting it. There's authority. You will bow your knee to the authority that cannot be put to death. Hallelujah. So when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit into you, he plugged you in. Hallelujah. He plugged you into life. Have you ever thought about yourself as like my little friend over here? We're going to get to him in a minute. But when Jesus sent the Holy Spirit into your life, what happened? He plugged you in. He plugged you into deathlessness. He plugged you into life that cannot be put to death. And all of the features and qualities of that life, his mercy, his grace, his patience. When you're losing your patience, I sometimes lose my patience. 
when fear is gnawing at you and there's anxiety going on and you're looking for the antacids, your stomach's rumbling, when you're unhappy, bitterness or, or, or discouragement is settled in, you just want to take a permanent nap, all those things are happening. Did you know that the peace, the victory, the love, the joy to overthrow all those things is alive in you and they have an undefeatable authority. All you have to do is just reach and grab hold of them. You have dominion over everything that Jesus rose from the dead and left behind. Do you think when Jesus rose from the dead that he took cancer with him? That he's got pets around his throne, little furry cancer pet, little furry disease pet, little furry addiction pet, demonic oppression. Did Jesus take any of those things with him when he rose from the dead? He not only shed those things, he defeated them, he destroyed them. His life killed death. And so there's no death in him. The life that he's put in you has perfect, absolute perfect authority. So the authority that you have as a child of God isn't because you believe in Jesus. And that's wonderful. That's how you got to the authority, by believing in Jesus. But the authority you have in you is not because you believe in Jesus. It's not because you believe the Bible. Yes, it's great to believe in Jesus. I wouldn't direct my faith anywhere else but to Jesus. Nor would I be looking for instructions in life anywhere else but in the Word of God, because I know that God's Word is perfect in its wisdom. But you're not a child of God because of those things, and you're not a child of God because you joined the right church. A lot of people think, if I join the church that Jesus belongs to, then, then you know, I, I will be a child of God. I'll have that authority. But you're not a child of God because you believe the Bible, believe in Jesus, or join the right church. You're a child of God for one reason. You were dead, and now you're alive. If we look at the population of the world through the eyes of the Holy Spirit, if we could see into the spirit realm, we'd see two kinds of people. We would see dead people with no light. Shelves are filled with them. The world is filled with light bulbs, wonderful creations, loaded with potential. If some of these things are not clouded over, they're clear, and you can look in and see these beautifully constructed filaments, and you look at them and marvel and think, wow, what does that do? What's that for? I think I shall call it a soul. And we see them. Why, we've got the world as a giant Walmart with shelves filled with these things. They're all over the place. Hallelujah. A lot of them are, they live in a box to protect them from life. I feel safe. I'm in my little carton. I'm in my box. You know what those boxes are, right? I'm German. I'm Spanish. I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. I'm Asian. I'm black. I'm white. It says all those little bitty boxes that we climb into, you know, so we feel safe in life. But the fact of the matter is, is that that light bulb has no idea what it is, 
has no idea why it is. And so there's just endless fables and stories made up about where we came from. Where did we light bulbs come from? What are we here for? Until one day, let me introduce you to my little friend. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the light of the world. I have come to connect you with the one you were separated from. Have you ever wondered why that beautiful soul is designed the way it was? Looked at the filaments inside your life, thought, I, I sense potential here, not sure what I'm supposed to be. Jesus says, let me introduce you to your purpose. And all of a sudden, oh my God, what is that? I am filled with life. Now I know what Jesus meant. See, as long as you live in your little box and you're not plugged into Jesus, you can have all the opinions about the Bible. You can believe them. You can discard them. You can think whatever you want, but it doesn't change what you are. This awakens what you are. The power of life. The electricity, just in case I'm totally amusing somebody. This is electricity that made that bulb do that. It's an analogy. But for our message this morning, it's Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. If any abide in me, if you abide in me and my spirit abides in you, your light will shine. You will find out who you are. No one will have to explain it to you. You'll experience it. That's why people that get saved, they try to tell other people about Jesus. If they're down too deep in their box, they can't, they can't see you. He's in his box. He doesn't see this guy over here shining. He hears him talk about Jesus. He's like, what's that? What's light? And you know, it's, it's wonderful. <laughs> Just so happens that this thing's got one of these on it. Woo, we can get a little brighter. Wow, we can get totally bright. Isn't that awesome? Or we could put a lampshade over it. We could box it in so that you know, we don't offend anybody. You can turn it off. You're still plugged in. But you can disconnect that fellowship. Let's, let's stay in fellowship. Did you notice that? It has a little short in it. God's, I just want you to know God doesn't have shorts. Hallelujah. I'll leave my little friend there. I'm going to preach, but he's going to preach too. Hallelujah. What do they call him? Hype man. He's my little hype guy. Hallelujah. The authority you have as a child of God is because you're alive. That's where your authority comes from. If you ever get a hold of this, if your faith ever gets a hold of this, you will start speaking to mountains. They'll move. You'll see prayers answered. You will see the power of God move. When you truly know, I have the light of the world in me. That's why Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. He said, I used to walk with the light of the world. Now he lives in me, and where I go, he goes. And I keep him turned on. Hallelujah in me. 1 John 4, 17 
Here's a difficult theological phrase for you. I'm going to give it to you anyway because it's your gift. Receive it if you can handle it. John writes, As Jesus is, just as he is, so are you in this world. Wow, apparently I didn't rock any boats. Maybe you weren't listening. Let me try English this time. Just as Jesus is, Stop for a moment. How is he? Well, he's resurrected. He is sitting in the throne as the king of glory. He is not worn out. He's not weary. He's not hungry. He is reigning throughout all eternity. Hallelujah. He is the king of glory. The Bible says, as Jesus is, so are you in this world. Can you get your mind around that? Can you begin to believe it? I know you're sitting there blinking like a cow at a new gate. And you're going, I'm not sure I really know what that means. I'd like to leave it with you. I'd like you to wrestle with it. I'd like to let it bother you. Let it get under your skin. Let it trouble you, but don't discard it. I want you to take that thought home this week. And I want you to go before the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, 1 John 4, 17 says, just as you are, so am I in this life. What does that mean? My little friend is shouting the answer at you. The light left the world momentarily. And three days later, I mean, when the day, rather when the day of Pentecost came, bam, there, there was the light. Now the light is all over the place. Hallelujah. So in whatever way Jesus resurrected from the dead and is alive, that is the way that life is in you. Hallelujah. So we've got the light bulb. And, and there's two different kinds of light bulbs. Let me get this dude out of his, his little hideaway, his, his little identity. You know, when you're this kind of light bulb, you're not plugged into truth. You have no life in you. You know what you do? You sit on the shelf, the world's shelf. Some people fall off. I was just going to let the analogy <laughs> take place. Some just roll off and crack up. So at any rate, so you may pop up sitting on the little Walmart shelf. And uh, since you don't have this going on, you know what you do on that shelf? You identify. You do crazy, insane things like that. You know what? I think I'm a chipmunk today. Of course, there's a, you just, but you know what? Nothing changes. You're still dead. When there's no light in you, what you have is existence, not life. Light bulbs that sit on the shelf, they think life is existence. Life is not existence. Life, this is life. Life is eternal life. Life is life without death in it. Existence has, is pockmarked, polluted, poisoned with death. Existence in this world is not deathless. And eventually time is even going to strip the last vestige of life from those that have existence.
So the, 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 the scripture in Colossians 2.13 says, but even though you were dead in your transgressions, God nevertheless made you alive with him having forgiven you all of your transgressions. Wow, this light bulb is on because I'm forgiven. I might have been all those terrible things back then. And I may still have temptations. I still make mistakes, but I'm not what I was. There is now life in me. The filament's there, but it's burning with Holy Ghost fire. Someone say, praise the Lord. So there's the shelf bulb and there's the plugged-in bulb. Are you a, uh, Glenn, are you a shelf bulb or are you a plugged-in bulb? Plugged-in bulb. I knew that, brother, praise God, but I just figured I'd ask. Uh, hallelujah. Chris, your shelf bulb? Plugged-in bulb. Plugged in. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Mark, shelf bulb or plugged in? Plugged in. Hallelujah. If you're a shelf bulb here today, we're going to give you the opportunity to get plugged in because Jesus came. He wants everyone plugged in. He wants everyone to be alive. He came. He so loved the world that he might give us that life. So, Though you were dead in your transgressions, God nevertheless made you alive with him, forgiving you your transgressions. So the shelf bulb is described in Ephesians 4.18. It says, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God. So what does it mean to be in darkness? What it means to be in darkness is, is not necessarily just having the wrong opinions about things versus the right opinions. But what it literally means is you're alienated or separated from the life of God. So if you are a child of God, it's because you are alive with the life of God within you. Trying to point out to you that our authority comes from the fact that the life of the almighty, eternal God lives within us. Some of us let that light shine more than others, but that light's still there. Some of God's plugged-in light bulbs, they really like the world to see the inner filament, so they dim that light down as low as they can so more of them can be looked at. When a light bulb is really bright, you can't look directly at the bulb because the bulb's not what's important. The light that it gives is what's important. And when a Christian begins to get so bright with their love for the Lord and fellowship with the Lord, people don't look at them. They can't look at them. But their light is spread all throughout their community and all around the world. So don't be one of these Christians who just, you know, you, you, uh, you're just a little bitty incandescent but you want people to look at you. So you keep that light down low. These poor guys over here, they're darkened because they're alienated from the life of God. You know, this guy sitting over here, he gets up every so often in his life and he says, why am I here? What am I? Who am I? What is my purpose? 
And then this plugged-in guy looks down at the shelf at Walmart with all the bulbs, and he looks at them, and they all think they are it. All those light bulbs on the shelf, they think, look at me, look at us, look at the different sizes, look at this beautiful construction, and really, what is their worth or their value? Other than to their creator who created them, and he wants to take them off the shelf and plug them into himself so they can come alive with their purpose and light up the universe. Hallelujah. But they're sitting there in total darkness. They do one thing, really, when it boils down to it. Let's strip all the Hollywood away. Let's strip everything else, all the philosophy. And you know what you get? They take up space. That's it. They just take up space. That's what life without God is. We just take up space. Why am I here? What's my purpose? But this guy starts talking to those bulbs, saying, come over here. Plug into Jesus. I have found our purpose. Come on over here, and you can find your purpose too. But that guy sitting over there says, stop judging me. Accusing me of not being plugged in. Accusing me of not having light. I identify with light. I believe I've got light. John 1.4 says, In Jesus was life, and his life was the light of men. So, we're speaking to the world. Come to Jesus. Find out who you are. Let that life that was in him come into you. Can you say amen? So as I said, shelf bulbs, they think that they have light because they exist. But the light of existence is not life. And eventually, it's going to be extinguished. It's empty, it doesn't bring satisfaction. But Jesus brings satisfaction. He said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants these guys to just live in their packaging and don't ever get plugged into Jesus. And while they're there, just think how wonderful you are. Think how great you are. I'll just keep feeding you lies and deception. And you can just spend your existence on the shelf. And then someone's going to come and throw you away. And you'll be done. And that'll be the end of it. When this could be your life forever. Hallelujah. Jesus, therefore, with that in mind, said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I've come so they might have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Abundant life. So existence with God, or excuse me, existence without God is limited by death, and it's plagued with shortages. When you try to draw your life from other people, when you try to get it from the pursuit of power or prosperity or things or any of those things, they'll always run out before you're full. It's just the way it is. People die empty. Those guys die empty. They die unfulfilled, having never become what God designed them to be. And eventually, existence is robbed by time. 
but you are plugged into the life that kills death. Hallelujah. I want to close with this thought this morning. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 54. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? There's the authority. Death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your sting? Praise God. The authority that Jesus gives you is empowered by that life that kills death. So guess what? Keep yourself turned on. Really, Christian, don't let your bulb go dim. Don't let it go out and just let it cool off. Stay plugged in. Stay turned on. Get on there. So. Amen? The authority... By the way, the life that Jesus has given you, you know how it says in the love chapter, now abides faith, hope, and love. The greatest is love. The word abide means it lives. That light is life. Hope, faith, love are radiating from that light. Hallelujah. So the authority of God's faith is alive in you. When you receive Jesus, God has given you something more than your ability to just believe. You ever notice when you really get before God in prayer that His faith will rise up and overshoot your faith? Your faith only goes so far. And when it sees the clouds and the storm and the wind and all that stuff, your faith does what? It jumps and hides under the bed and says, oh my God, the house is going to collapse. We need to get ourselves together. But when you, the more you stay in the presence of God, you'll notice a faith that doesn't die in the face of threats will rise up in you. It'll just simply come up and begin to surpass your own ability to believe. That faith is unwavering. Hallelujah. So the authority of God's faith is alive in you, ready to vanquish every doubt that tries to kill your vision in life. So what do I do? Believe and declare God's promise and kill doubt. This week, when doubt tries to rob your vision, declare the word of God, Believe it and declare it and kill doubt. Hallelujah. The authority of God's hope is in you. So what do I do? What do I do when, when uh, I'm, I'm losing my expectation? What do I do when, when discouragement begins to come? Well, begin to praise God for his promises. Begin to declare and praise Him for the promise of His Word, and slay discouragement. Don't let discouragement dissolve you, because that's exactly what it'll do. Turn that light on. Begin to praise God. Begin to declare His Word. Fight back with God's hope. Hallelujah. The authority of God's love is in you. Your love has limitations, not God's love, though. The authority of God's love is alive in you and it's capable of casting out every fear that Michelle and Scott talked about at the beginning of the service. No matter how legitimate 
or no matter how threatening or overwhelming that fear is, there is a love in you that has authority to literally shut down that fear. Capable of casting out every fear that tries to kill your joy. When fear is trying to kill your joy, you know what you need to do? Know that God loves you and kill every fear. All I have to do is remind myself, know that God loves me. Hallelujah. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God and I'll be exalted. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So I close with this thought. When Jesus sent his life into you, he plugged you into his authority. That's what is burning in your life. That is the light. So turn it on and let the authority of life answer your enemies. Answer the challenges that rise up against you when you face them. Let life answer those things. It's there in you. Keep it lit. Keep it turned on. Amen? I want you to stand with me this morning.